Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is June 3rd. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. You know, it's uh, it's Friday, in case you didn't know. And uh, we're here for the weekend. And, uh, you know, lots of stuff going on. Mid, mid, uh, mid-morning mid release on Friday here because, I don't know, it's just been an off week with the holiday, the live list coming late and then doubling up. You know, Wednesday, Thursday. So figured we, we'd give Friday a little room to breathe. Maybe we me, could... uh, me out in Central California getting acclimated. Central. Okay. That's what you want to keep riding with. I, I don't want to talk about geography. I'm done with geography. Your, your Central California, Pacific Northwest uh, confusion. Australia, Austria confusion. Um, but uh, scores are even... More relevant than normal here as we record. Uh, it's literally moving target right now, but Mina Haragay, Haragai, nine birdies in the first round at Pine Needles. Uh, you have a podcast with Kyle Franz on Friday, uh, this Friday. Uh, I mean, what is this? A little pitch and putt? Nine birdies in one round? I, I saw there was um, the usual talking points about too much width and not enough rough uh, on the television last night. It's, it's applicable to all uh, all genders, all all ch- championships, I suppose. Um, well, that was coming you know, out. <laughs> I, it's a it's a great way to zig and zag when you have your own design firm. You know, it's a it's it, one might might say it presents a uh, conflict of interest, but it doesn't seem like Golf Channel really cares. Um, but it, it it is a different kind of. Why do you are you surprised that they made nine birdies? That you're seeing seven under sixty five nine birdies. I mean, is it? It's not like. Does the U.S. Women's Open care about even par in the way that the men's care? I don't think I, they do. I think, yeah. like, I mean, there's been a lot of people outspoken uh, about the women's game that they need to make it easier, which I disagree with. Like, oh, I yeah, think the, the test should more be fireworks. really difficult. And I, I think I think they can do some things with just pins and setup uh, related stuff that makes it really more difficult. But I... <sighs> I was thinking about this the the other day and it's like I think like uh I like width because I like the idea of like it would be really basketball would be less interesting if they made it really difficult to inbound the ball or football like if there was like a prerequisite to snap the ball you know the interest comes from like the play and and, and the drive is part of the play you know, if you think about the whole as an entire play, right, it's part of it, but it's the start of it. So the drive really is the least interesting part of a golf hole. Right. It we, sets we, up the rest of the play. Is so, it the most important, though? Has it become the most important? I don't think it has. I think that, you know, you there's here's the question. The question is, like, should you be able to reliably drive the ball into a fairway. And obviously like women are way more accurate than men. Way more. Yeah. Like they're 
and part of it, you know, it, you know, they, they hit a lot of fairways. So to make a, make it be a really tough driving test. Like you'll see at, at the country club for women, the fairways legitimately need to be like 15 yards wide. <laughs> yeah. 12 yards. So like, here's the thing. If you want to see 60% fairways from a great driving performance, those fairways are going to be, have to be so narrow uh, for the women. Yeah. Um, and like, I think that this golf course is being allowed to be what it wants to be. And that's what I always like to see is a golf course that's allowed to embrace itself. It shouldn't be a setup put in a box. You know, sure. this isn't the only way that championship golf should work. Just like the way I think one of the neat things, and, and this is why you would want to travel to go see different championships in golf, is to go see the different ballparks. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's why people want to go see all the different major league baseball stadiums, is that they're all unique and different. If it was standardized and this was the only way that a baseball stadium could be dimensions and look wise, it would be really uninteresting to go see all the, all the parks. Like I really can't wait. I've never seen a game at the giant stadium in San Francisco. I can't wait to go see it because like every, you know, I've watched it on TV and it looks really cool, like super unique. And you know, that's the thing that makes golf courses so cool. So the idea of, of some analysts sitting on TV spouting off that every golf course should have the exact same set of parameters is idiocy to me. Yeah, but it may be, maybe he's just saying that um, the U.S. Open should have. not Maybe not every golf course, but I guess every golf course that goes to the U.S. Open. So it's it's similar similar vein. But um, that's, I, what I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, does the, does the tournament itself... Have a, why do you even go to different courses if you're going to set them up all the same way? Sure, right. And, and as we saw, just saw at Southern Hills, you know, the, the championship evolves and changes. You know, what was Rory after? You know, his, his first round score would have been good enough to get in a playoff. So we don't know that it's hot you know, and humid. Seven under, yeah, right, right. So I don't really care about score. It seems like we always talk about it though when we go to the U.S. Open, women's or otherwise. Um, but. Uh, Lot of lot of low mid sixties numbers on uh on Friday. Ingrid Lindblad Thursday. Lowest round ever by an amateur. Yeah, pretty good. And I I mean that kind of gets to our conversation on Wednesday about age the age spectrum, right? Like I don't know. I, I she's an amateur for sure, but she's played a lot of like yeah. pretty high level championship golf at this point. Uh I'm not saying it's US women's open, but do you want to go um, into that? I've got a I've got a prescient uh, flashback Friday around age. Okay, let's do it. Let's do flashback Friday. Precision Pro flashback Friday. It's brought to you by PrecisionProGolf.com. They will be sponsoring our house up in Boston here in a week. I should note we're also I meant to do this at the very top. We're doing a like live podcast thing on Wednesday of U.S. Open week, whatever that day is, like the. I want to say it's the 15th. Let me guess. I think it's the 15th of June. So Could payday. be the 14th. Could be the 16th. I think it's the 15th. Downtown Boston. High Street Place Food Hall. It's like the USGA's 19th hole. So there's activities and such. Um, I think that opens at 4. And I think we're going to record at like 6. Around 6. But come. We'll be down there. If you live in the New England area, live in Boston, go to High Street 
place food hall. Listen, we aren't. I don't think it costs We aren't anything. conflicting with the with the uh, the finals. The finals are Thursday. Yeah, so you should have your six. Wednesday Wednesdays free. It might if not it go to ga- it might not yeah. go to game six yeah. after that fourth quarter performance from the Celtics. <clears throat> so we'll be we'll be recording Wednesday before the U.S. Open at six p.m. at High Street Place Food Hall, and it looks like they have other activities. I don't know what that would be. Maybe the USGA like how to take a drop, best draft practices from the knee. I don't know what the activities might be, but that's the USGA nineteenth hole Wednesday. Um, I've, I pre- can see that there might be some activations. You know, you might be Probably. able to. You might be able to hit some some uh, interactive shots, some 4D st- technology shots. Uh, you know, I think our friends at Cisco probably have something going on there. <laughs> our friends at Cisco. Oh, look at this guy. Um, all right, Mr. Cisco, you and Mr. Cisco. All right. Um, yeah, we'll be doing. I don't know what we're going to talk about Wednesday night. We may we may be critical of the country club setup. Who knows? We may just start. I, I don't know, but we'll we'll be there at six o'clock doing that. Anyways, Precision Pro will also have us there for the entire week. Uh, and you can go to precisionprogolf.com, use the promo code. What is the promo code? Shotgun20, get $20 off your NX9 rangefinder. I saw the boys at uh, Greyhawk using that all weekend. Congrats to the University of Texas. Um, you know, with your handy dandy, you know, Precision Pro NX9, I think that. You don't need a college coach. Well, that's what I was going to say. Further, further reason why we don't need the coaches, but you know, putzing around in the sand with these kids. But anyways, also the match, those guys had like the branded like NX 10, which I don't know if that's on the site. Good partner. We are. I'm not sure those are for sale yet, but NX 10 is coming down the pike and you can like customize your, yeah. your plates it's yeah pat mahomes cool. we're doing a good job selling the nx9 right now talking about the nx10 but i would i, I mean hey go for your nx9 <laughs> handy dandy old standby it's gotten me through a couple years now it never you know never wavers the magnet is beware dangerous. the magnet it's dangerous i i i almost lost mine with the magnet uh, a week or two ago but uh, use the promo code shotgun20 to get $20 off at checkout. Thanks again to them for kind of our, our their continued and great support of uh, everything we do. Um, all right. What's your flashback Precision Pro from- Flashback Friday? We're going back to uh, to Pine Needles. Okay. Most recent for Thursday? Pine Needles champion. Thursday's first round. First round. We're gonna we're gonna go shot by shot with Ingrid Lindblad, who said history, uh, made history. But we're go, we're talking about Christy Kerr. You want to talk about age spectrum and and um, yeah. you know she was a kind of a trailblazer. She was one of the first pros to turn uh, pro at at uh, eighteen. So yeah, skip the college deal, right? Yeah, you know? she was a phenom. Uh, she she won. She obviously won the 2007 uh, U.S. Women's Open at Pine Needles. Um, so at at this point, she was a former phenom. And uh, there's two articles that I used for source material here. The great Damon Hack, when he was still uh, writing for New York Times, who had the gamer, and uh, Yi Win Yen from Sports Illustrated Vault. Okay. So right. she wrote an article. This the article uh, <sighs> that she wrote was more around uh, the, uh, the the backstory of Kerr, and it was way before she won the U.S. Okay. Open. Okay. So um, former Phenom at this point, 
Uh, Kerr turned pro at age 18 after a spectacular junior and amateur career. She was one of the trailblazers of the young tour pro. Um, she was a low amateur at the 1996 U.S. Women's Open at Pine Needles, which was won by Annika. So it was kind of a, you know, obviously coming back 11 years later, she was in the mix in, in 2001 too. Uh, but she was the low am at the 96 U.S. Women's Open. And this was kind of like a harbinger at this point of, of greatness. So in 1995, right before she turned pro, she won eight AJGA tournaments in 95. Eight AJGA tournaments in one year. So she was the, you know, unanimously the best player in her age group. Um, So this was uh, Damon Hack. Uh, Christy Kurtz, I just like the, this was the lead to his, uh, his gamer about her win at Pine Needles. Christy Kerr turned professional out of high school at a time when it was much less fashionable. Long before an influx of teenagers added hoop earrings and ponytails to the portrait of the LPGA tour. She was an admitted loner in a sport of clicks, a talented golfer caught between generations who seemed destined to play out her career on the edges of stardom and in the shadow of others. During her, uh, so during her early, she turned pro. She didn't get off to like great success. It was a, it was a struggle. Like, there were interviews where she talked about she was going to shoot 59 out there when she was 18 and that she went out there and missed almost as many cuts as she made. It took her almost an entire season to break 70 on tour. Um, her dad was had quit his job uh, as an elementary teacher, was his cat, was her caddy and like their relationship struggled. Uh, obviously, you know, like he in this SI article talked about how, you know, when you when your daughter's 18, you're at this age where she naturally doesn't really want to listen to you and you're trying to be the caddy. It doesn't work. Um, sure. So eventually, like the second year, he he was not her caddy anymore. And eventually he he went back to work. But, um, you know, it was one of those things that that was a was a struggle. And she also battled weight problems um, and the perception that she couldn't close out tournaments because she didn't win a tournament on the LPGA until her six year on tour, uh, had a bunch of missed cuts wow. and majors in her first five years. And then, and then and you get is, the whole, like you to tie, try on, you jump too early, like all that, like nonstop, right? Every, every event that passes. And, and she was, her peers were, you know, uh, Sayri Pak and, and sure. Kari Webb who were lighting it up. And, and so the trouble was Kerr had been lapped by her peers. This is from SI. Sayri Pak, then only 20, won four times in 98, her rookie season. So uh, since then, four other players under 23, Dorothy Dellison, Mi Young Kim, Kelly Keeney, and Grace Park have won in their first two seasons on tour while Kerr, although she stands 13th on this year's money list, still awaits her first victory. I learned quickly not to compare myself with anyone else. Uh, she had everyone had expectations, and so did I. I was impatient and putting too much pressure on myself. Um, so the next year, uh, you know, what early on also she found out that her mother uh, had breast cancer, and one of the big things that she did, you know, during this time, she. Actually, Kelly Keeney introduced her to her now husband, 
Um, and that was like a she moved away from Miami where she talked about how she partied all the time and would wake up at 11 a.m. And, you know, then she met she started dating her now husband and, and like they she was like I was I was like had worked out by by, you know, 9 a.m. every day. And so they, it, it kind of was like a big turnaround. And and uh, but going into this U.S. Open, U.S. Women's Open, she was still extremely overshadowed, obviously, by Sora Sam, Kari Webb, Sayri Pack, um, you know, and then a bunch of young teenagers. And then at this time, Lorena Ochoa is kind of the big name in women's golf, but she had yet to win a major at this point. So uh, the other kind of emerging young superstar in in this championship is Morgan Pressel, who's doing the telecast now. And she had won the first major of the year that year. So she had won uh, her dinosaur. And whatever, yeah. 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 And, um, and this was Kerr before the championship. It's not a bad thing for the media to focus on great young American talent. I wish I could say I'm one of the younger ones. Every year, cute young amateur girls with ribbons in their hair are coming up. You see them every U.S. Open. And that's really true. Uh, like, it, it's just getting more and more true every year. Like, I, you know, the majority of the of the local qualifiers, uh, I believe, are... Um, like are, 14 to 19 kind of exactly bracket. Yeah. it's like exactly what she's talking about you know young young women uh, who are exceptionally talented and you know are heading to the PGA Tour it's, or the LPGA Tour it's got to be a weird thing when you're like 26 27 on the, on the LPGA Tour and you have your regular week in week out and then you go to the US Women's Open and you effectively see the next crop of who's coming yeah, and we should also add like the thing that LPGA players struggle with is is family, right? And, and when they when they're having kids, they want to have kids, right? It's like a total change, you know, change in in you know their career and their life that men don't have to deal with in the same way in terms of when does their career end, when does it begin, you know, when does it begin, all sorts of stuff. Well, how does it change? So. That's also contributes to the, the, the sort of the age spectrum uh, disparity between the men's and the women's game. So. All right. Uh, I, ironically, you know, one of the things that happened, she had this career year and she got she got snubbed from the uh, the Solheim Cup team. I don't have this written down and I apologize. I just re- I read it and it yep. made me think Beth. Uh, uh, the Pat Bradley was the captain. And okay. they, they played the Solheim Cup at Lock Lamone. You can figure out the year based off of that. But Pat Bradley, um, she was she she had like a kind of a heartbreaking miss where she just I think she three putted or something to miss out on points. Um, okay. Chrissy Kerr. And she got snubbed. She got uh, she picked Beth Daniel and one other uh, uh, like experienced veteran, veteran. Yeah. it was it was exactly what the writer i read it and i was like the same thing was experience, happening and experience. and the the two of them went like one four and one and the u.s got upset by the europeans and right. it's like christy kerr had these quotes that was like i thought i could help the team like yeah. i really think i would have been like a, a big part of like you know bringing energy and all this stuff and i just like read it and <laughs> i was like oh that's just like the american men yeah <laughs> um but um, one of the one of the unique aspects of of the of the tournament was Christy Kerr's putter. 
It was a store-bought putter. She didn't go to Club Champion, didn't get it dialed in. She bought a store putter in in Korea. So Kerr said her putting felt miserable most of the year. So while she was competing in last month's uh, Korean Open, Kerr stopped by the pro shop and began rifling through a bin of putters until she found one that fit her eyes and hands. Um, the store's practice screen did not have any cups, but it had small targets and, and Kerr made the best of a few putts. So she put this in play. Um, and then shortly after she wins her first major. So she outdueled Ochoa, Ochoa, um, and Pressel, and then, uh, another young, uh, talent was, was on the leaderboard and, and she, so basically Ochoa, it, it became a Ochoa Kerr duel. Ochoa uh, made birdie on the first hole, and it was tied. Everybody kind of thought it was over. Um, first hole, of the final round. First hole, or, of the final round. Okay, all right. Everybody's like, Lorraine Ochoa is gonna gonna win this tournament. Okay. Kind of similar to like Kepka. This it, it, and uh, with the uh, with Phil at the PGA, right? He made that birdie on one, and it was like, oh, this is over. Yeah. Um, but anyways. Ochoa makes birdie, but then they kind of just seesaw back and forth most of the day. And uh, Kerr took the lead for good on the 14th. She made birdie there. And then on the 17th, which you'll see this week, is the snap dog like left. Ochoa tried to bite off a bunch on the left. Hit, hit a tree, ended up in this bunk. Could only get out like 70 yards. Made bogey on 17. And then Kerr had two shot lead on 18, made par. Uh, but like got to kind of take it in coming down the stretch and uh, and <coughs> and wins her first major championship. So Christy obviously, Kerr. Chrissy Kerr, you know, a great player, uh, but like kind of a late bloomer. And that was one of the interesting things about that SI article that they they talked to their her parents and they're like that, you know, we should have seen this coming because. You know, she wasn't that great at 10 or 13. It was, you know, when she was 16. She yeah. became really great player, and that's when she started dominating. It was she was always kind of like this later bloomer, um, and and she had that same kind of uh, struggle when she turned pro. She wasn't the best, but then she became you know obviously one of the great players. Twenty total LPGA Tour wins um, and two women's uh, women's majors with the women's, women's US PGA. Open and the women's PGA. And so yeah, yeah. All right, that's good. Like that little pine needles history. Pine needles has a good history here with uh, Annika, Kari Webb, and Christy Kerr as as its three prior winners. So, should be a good venue for the rest of the weekend. Thanks to uh, Precision Pro for you know what Flashback Friday. What? Why when when Brandel criticizes oh, here like we the go. setups? Yeah. Why don't they have like the golf architect on with him to talk to him about talk like? That the thing that like if you're gonna let them just go up there and pander well, is why why don't you have somebody that actually provides you know some expertise and and pushback? I mean, I would say I I think like the Southern Hills week they did have Gill up there, but then you know his 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 that his segment where he kind of went off was like shots after were, 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 was, well there. after there were a bunch of mid sixties rounds the Thursday I think was I think I don't know I'm trying to remember but yeah. It, I don't know. That's a good point, but there's probably logistical challenges to getting that all done. But yeah, yeah. 
That's it would be a good segment. It would be good television. The top, and the so. topics are never revisited after like a, a day where 67 is the low score on Sunday and all the leaders shoot terrible scores. You know, there's those all amounted right. to pressure. The course didn't do anything there that day. Right. It was all just pressure after he gets his shots in. I, I just think it's uh, it's extremely misguided to not have any balance on that. Well, the memorial is just getting chewed up as well where you know Mirfield village is uh you know a deep rough for sure some you know not a lot of wide fairways but it's not narrow though it's not not narrow but you have the rough that we're talking about all around the green and uh, down the sides of the fairway um denny mccarthy currently leads as we talk but a bunch of 67 virginia great got soft softened up rockville great Rockville, Maryland, Montgomery County, for where I'm from. So, uh, not where I'm from, where I reside. Cat, so um, he might know Cabin John. He would know. He would absolutely know Cabin John. I'm sure. Do you uh, think they he, met because he's famous from the area? Do you think him and Cabin John he, he could hung out? He could. Probably not. I think Cabin John probably goes back to the 1600s, 1700s. <laughs> if I if I had to guess. Uh, so Memorial, you know, I don't know if you want an update there. Hideki DQ'd for putting paint on his driver as How an alignment that? aid. I just, that story got a lot of play. It doesn't do a lot for me. I feel bad for Hideki getting booted, but it seems like it was more than just a thin layer. Could have been construed as a foreign substance and he had hit it once. So, um, Jerry Foltz is going to live. Apparently, according about to Golf Digest report, multiple people. Do you think Karen Stupples is going to? Ah, they're like, you know. They're married. A, a package deal. Yeah, I don't know. I Liv apparently is making a lot of runs at broadcasting types, in addition to players, but throwing some big, I've heard, you know, yeah, they're throwing some big numbers at a lot of broadcasters. I don't know what they would do. I guess it's a YouTube stream at the minute. So, you know what's amazing with Liv is like, this will probably be the case for a while. Like the momentum is like ebbs and flows, right? From week to week. I would say Southern Hills was a bad week for live with Tiger. Like the PJ Tour needs Tiger back out there. Like as a face, like I thought he, he made some really like passion, impassioned sort of arguments for why Phil was being scummy and why the live thing is not the best thing for professional golf, whether you agree or disagree. And he has his voice carries weight. That's uh, the thing. That, that, he's like, got the he's got the most powerful voice. So that's yeah. If and it, then a week later, though, it's like lives making. It just kind of ebbs and flows. Where it feels like lives down, it's up. It's down. It's up. you know. I, I think that's how it's going to go for a while. I think the biggest thing too is he's just never going to be a regular presence on the tour again. Right. They it's need like him kind of a, a perfect timing situation where where he's yeah. if he was still playing ten events a year. And and for the four majors plus the four like ten events plus the four majors, right? It right. would be you know, and he was a fixture in the playoffs. I just don't ever see that happening. I thought Garrett Morrison, uh, you know, I'm obviously biased since uh, <laughs> since are. Garrett Garrett works for it's us on your website. Yeah, Garrett made a great point in uh, in the little roundtable that uh, you guys put up this uh, this week on Live. Where listen, this is like. This is the failure of the of the PGA Tour not being able to create even one event that players are saying, well, I can't go to live because I wouldn't be able to play in this event. And, you know, just one. Right. You know, they they inherited 
you know, when the tour took over, they inherited two championships that were considered like major championships, the Canadian Open and the Western Open. And they've turned those tournaments into nothing. So they've erased the history. They've attempted to try and, you know, make the the players championship a major and they've failed there. Um, how they failed is obviously, you know, you could you could chalk it up to a lot of things. And then do you have the FedEx Cup playoffs, which are just a joke? Yeah. And that's how you're vulnerable. You know, you're vulnerable to DJ Fat Tony coming in and doing the draft party at Live and whatever else. Uh, I, I just like I, I we shared if the, they had the gotten player somebody packet. like Fat Joe. I'd have more respect than DJ. We Fat shared Tony. the player packet that Live on, on Friday Twitter. We've got this thirty-page document. It's not that we shared the exciting parts, but a lot of it's it's just logistics, schedule stuff. So. Um, There's a, the schedule DJ is Fat very Tony. packed. I'll tell you oh, what, these God. guys are working full days. They got to put an app on their phone. I'm sure that'll go well. They got to put some like app on their phone that tells them when they got to, they've been requested for media to go talk to people like, uh, that, that's going to go well, but whatever. Um, we'll talk a lot about live next week. Do you have anything else you want to do on this Friday episode? I've got a bunch of news here. We got to discuss Texas. Congrats to them. The win, the match I thought was slow. I mean, that's, it was slow. It was slow. But those guys, are, Aaron Rodgers is very good at golf. I'm impressed. I know you don't, probably don't want to hear that. But those guys play well. It, it, a lot of people said, you know, it's an easy punching bag. But it's it's good for recreational golf. That golf is being played in a high-profile way with high-profile athletes, right? Absolutely. And it's really cool. It's a good thing that for all of us that care about golf. Um all right, that's it. I want to talk about these RBC Skyline seats. Did you see this? Yeah. I mean, it does. It would takes you a want, lot for me. You to wanna, be... Would you want to go up there? No, absolutely not. So it looks like they're just going to suspend this like table from a crane. It takes a lot to like really flabbergast me in golf. At this, I it was every emotion, horror. It, it, incredulity excitement like what the confusion i don't understand that at all that's an activation that is a wowzer for me i don't i mean that seems <laughs> terrified but anyways they're gonna suspend some you know dining room table over the 18th green from a crane people can go and sit there for 30 minutes and drink and eat uh it's wild stuff anyways uh I, i'm not saying it's bad but it just sort of blew my mind that it's happening it's anti-backboarding though so all right everyone enjoy your fridays enjoy your weekends i gotta go maybe that's the future (laughs) just cranes all over the course suspending tables and they already are bringing them in for the driving ranges so there you go dual purpose putting the extra nets up it mitigates the uh mitigates the a little bit of the cost you know multi-purpose cranes yeah, you can you can spread out that that big uh, upfront cost with uh, with a few more uses. Oh, it was amazing! I couldn't believe what I was uh, those pictures. We'll see how it is in practice next. You got to go. You got you got I, a uh, sick yeah. kid. So I, my daughter's yeah, hundred five degree fever. So we'll figure that out. Um, everyone, enjoy your Fridays. Enjoy your weekends. We'll be back with you on Monday to recap the women's major memorial and uh, plenty more from the weekend in golf. <laughs>